0: If you like Rogan and Rodney, be sure to check out Petros and Money. Hear them live weekdays at 3 on AM570 LA Sports or podcast their show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Petros and Money. AM570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app.
2: And we continue on Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete
3: on AM570 LA Sports. Later this hour, Benny Bon Senior joins the show. More into the Rams and Sean McVay. And other happenings as the camp, the clubs conduct their mini camps. Uh, but now, Rodney. Yes. Let's come together.
4: Oh man, Fred. Oh, buddy, let's do it.
3: We've got to. You know, this is this is not just about us, this no, is about it's humanity. Not.
4: Yes, Freddy. Yes, this is. You a, know what it is, Fred.
3: Yeah, it's about the world. It's about feeling good. Come on, being brothers and sisters. Come on, Fred. Speak on it. Everybody joining together. We yes. need to do it now. And for that, there is only one man. Only one. That man. Talk about the man, Fred. That man is Victor Frankrondy with the Daily Haiku at two. And Vic, good afternoon.
5: Good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Vic. Come together right now over the Azul. <laughs> Good afternoon, R.P., the true believer in the Clipper
4: journey. Yes. Yes.
0: P.T.P. Thanks, Thanks Dad. Dad. Who's that
4: for, Fred? Daddy.
5: Are you like me? No. Are you like me? No, we're not. We're not like you. R- Robbie, do you have a, a man crush on Terrence Mann?
4: Vic, what a ball player. Vic, Vic, you know what? I, I'm not going to go there, Big. But I, I like his game, Vic. I do. I like I'm his attitude. There. I like hey, his toughness. Hey. I like his attitude. I like his grit. Uh I liked him coming out of Florida State. I really did. I mean remember, and when he was it was there, they they kinda they went they went deep in the in the tournament, but I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. Vic,
5: but you have
3: a man crush on him?
4: I do. I've I'm a
3: team man
5: crush. Pull up those pants. Love the way he plays. Pull up your pants, take off the bra and be a man. Who did he dunk on yesterday? Was it Gobert or was it Ingles? He, he,
4: he, he, he did ahead. a facial on go someone. So... Gobert. No fear. No fear. Marcus Moore stepping over the Allen uh, Iverson. <laughs> yeah, Go, Marcus. You like go, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, you go
5: Marcus. <laughs> uh, loving that Marcus Moore. What do you have, 20, 22, 25? No, 25. Uh, 25. Jackson at 25,
4: or he had 22 and 25. Jackson at 22, Moore's at 25. They were they were lining it up. Wow, that for me, I
5: thought that was the most humongous El Gigante victory in Clipper history. Why? Because it now pivots them into a game where they could win the Western Finals. I mean, get to the Western Finals at home. So that to me was like the most humongous game in Clipper history. In terms of its impact until on tomorrow, the road, lose Kawhi, and you come up and just really crush a Utah team in that hot, for of that hostile, pernicious, you know, vitriolic crowd. I thought it was amazing.
3: Going pernicious. You know, I think and people vitriolic. were
5: just pooh-poohing this victory, like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, they all stepped up. Yeah. No, this was a profound victory. Yeah, it was
3: huge. Victory. To do it without Kawhi, it was a big victory last night until the game tomorrow.
5: Don't, That's right. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. I am. Yes. I relish it. Why not? It's all we got. Yeah. Of the moments. His executive producer. The Rogan and Rodney show. Please put your hands together for the multi-skilled. Dr. Kevin Figures.
2: Yeah, come on now. The
5: doctor. Mm-hmm. Thank,
4: Thank you. you. Thank you. Why? Wow, really? Why? Jeez. What in the world, Freddy? Why, Fred? Why? Why? Kevin? Kevin, he just stares at you, stares at me, stares at you, (laughs) like you were a Why? Well, you didn't want me to use the
3: one I've been using, so I changed it.
4: (laughs) Uh, Got rid of the diversity and went with OJ.
2: This diversity in his background is helping him
0: a lot tonight. I'd
2: rather have that. Okay.
0: My mistake.
5: He's your musical maestro, on the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours. Every sound you hear emanates from his uh, musical instincts, which are unparalleled. Please put your hands together and show the love for Ronnie Facio.
0: It's that VTB. Ha!
5: <laughs> Before we get to the haiku, I was stunned by the news and Fred you dropped it a little bit earlier. But not really stunned. Uh, Naomi Osaka, number two with tennis play in the world, has yeah. pulled out of Wimbledon. But she will play in Japan's Olympic Games. That's
3: stunning. Well, you know, Vic, she she really doesn't want to deal with the hordes of media that she'll have to deal with. It's not good for her. And, no, it's not. And rather than put herself in that position, she's I'm not going to play. I can respect that.
4: Yeah, you got it. You got it. And, and shame on the organi- organizers for putting that pressure on her to do something and not really kind of. And we don't know. All, again, I don't know all the backstories and communications, but just the, 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 the jerk reactions that they had initially uh, was bad and not being sympathetic to her needs and wants and wishes. And when she's going through clearly, clearly going through something and has been going through something. To to figure it out, Um, it's just it's baffling to me for the French Open and Wimbledon and all these other tournaments that they don't figure something out that they can do in this day and age of technology because it's a real thing, no different than someone maybe uh, you know in fear of uh, public speaking or heights or dogs or whatever it may be. There's something that triggers her and triggers her mentally, and so that is not to be looked upon lightly. And I, I think they they. They thought she was just being defiant, which is couldn't be further from the case.
5: The French made a major faux pas in yes. finding her the $15,000 out of the gate when they just should have said, yeah. well, Naomi, let's talk about it. Right. You know, let's huddle, you know, show some empathy, show some freaking humanity. You know what I mean, right. the French, yeah, I mean? The French, yeah, the French is, you know, I believe just totally screwed it up.
3: Yeah, I, I think we agree with that, Vic, but here's the problem. Okay, she doesn't want to do it. Uh, What happens when somebody else doesn't want to do it? What if they all don't want to
5: do it? It's up to them.
3: That I agree with,
4: but right now it's part of the responsibility. But but the Dick's point—the knee-jerk reaction—we're going to find you fifteen thousand dollars because they would do that to anybody else. Instead of huddling up and said, "Okay, let's." This really every situation's different. Let's talk about it, and then they could come out and say, "Well, we didn't find her because she's, she is thoroughly going with something. She just didn't, she didn't have a bad match and decide not to talk to the media. This is something that's been bothering her, and she's been dealing with. So we're gonna, we're gonna treat this separately than just what we have as our guidelines as a tournament, and just automatically find somebody.
3: Yeah, but you know what, Rodney? It always speaks to what you say. So, and by the way, I agree with what you're saying. But it speaks to what you always say. Okay, somebody else comes up and says, you know, I, I can't do it. I, you know, I'm dealing with something. And then somebody else comes and, oh, I'm dealing with this. I can't do it. I agree with you, but from their perspective, as part of their sponsorship deals, right, and product placement, people are paying to have those people sit there and answer questions. They're going to lose money. So I, the be creative. Answer-
4: be creative don't, when you're doing it. And that's what they need to figure out. Right. You know, don't bring her in a big room. Say, okay, you can go to your home, your dressing room, or wherever you want to go. Be quiet. We'll do a Zoom. Put a camera in there, and you can do it. Then they can they can have all things, all sponsorships rolling on the crawl as she's answering questions. I mean, there's several ways to skin that cat. But I think they were trying to be to bully her into doing what she was doing and called, trying to call her bluff. And in turn, she called their bluff. That's exactly right. Well, bless, bless
5: Naomi, and she will not be on the on the grass at Wimbledon, but she will be playing in the Summer Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. So the Dodgers hit the road tomorrow. They're in Arizona. Yes, yes. One of the worst road teams in baseball history. When they've lost twenty three in a row, the Diamondbacks on the road, away from the cactus. Yeah. That's historic yeah. stuff.
3: The Diamondbacks Yikes. are terrible this year. They really are having a bad year. What happened to them? It's a good question. You know, when it hits, it hits. They're they're really bad. They say that
5: again, well, Fred. Only David
4: I say knows for sure what happened to the Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that down, Fred. What did you say? When it what? When it hits, it hits. Okay. Yeah. All right, Kevin.
2: <laughs> yep, got it marked down.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Salient point there, Fred. Thanks. <laughs>
3: I, I thought it was very appropriate <laughs> in this situation.
5: It is, man. I'm just. Well, I mean, that, that makes up. them a dangerous foe on on the weekend yes. because they were, the Dodgers, they're they wounded man. animals.
4: And it's the Dodgers, so everybody Dodgers get everybody's best for a minute. Exactly right. It's going to be a dangerous area. I'm not over. I don't want. No
5: one should be overlooking Arizona, even though you know they have hit historic lows on the road. They could all change. You know, momentum. It all changes with your starting pitcher. Look at the Phillies last night. Yeah. Yesterday, you a said decent he was pitcher, good. and that was it.
3: Yeah, you said yesterday he's good.
5: He's good. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Deila was dealer How about Steven Souza? Yeah, how about that? Welcome to the squad, Steve.
3: Yeah, when when you're calling up Steven Souza, you know you've got some injury. With all due respect to Steven Sousa Jr.
5: Well, he's getting a taste of the, you know, the big show. It's great. Good stuff. He's been in the big show before.
2: Yeah, he played for Tampa. Yeah,
5: yeah, the trade. Right. So. But he's back. He's a, he's a I don't know thirty years old, which is, you know, he still has least he has a lot of time left to produce. Look at freaking Pujols. Is he forty two?
4: It's the best right-handed well, hitter in the Dodgers. I think he's listed at 42 there. Vic. Yeah, we don't know, Vic. He may be 52.
5: Ugh. Albert's playing amazing baseball. Yeah, just don't
3: ask him to steal a base. Everything else has been good.
5: You know, knowing Albert, he could steal a base. No, he couldn't. Uh, he stole one you don't earlier think this so. year with get the a good jump?
3: He better get a really good jump. <laughs>
2: yeah. He
3: gets a good jump. I think that's, jump. that's what it is.
2: No one expects it. He so. a good jump, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, is he's he really running, job, running right now? Is he really running? Wait, he's actually running. And by the time you figure it out, he's already stolen the base. That's how he gets you.
4: Yeah. <laughs> You're so <laughs> amazed that he's even he trying. He can't be running on me. No, no. No way. Oh, it is. <laughs> Safe. I
5: have a haiku for you guys from Tai oh, Chi. Yeah. T A okay. I G I Taiji. So
3: we're going back. We're not. It's not uh, yesterday. Uh, Kenny Rogers.
4: K- not Kenny it? Rogers. Not Kenny Rogers. What was his name? Kate Boswick. It was, not was Kate, Boswick. Kate
2: Bosworth.
4: Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> who was it, Pick? It was a red, It was a simple name, wasn't it? Was that the professor from uh, Decatur, oh, Illinois? Yeah.
5: yeah. He runs the best haiku department in the country at the, at his at his university.
3: Yeah, we heard and that.
5: And Fred is mocking him.
3: Wasn't mocking him. He sounded like yeah, a country
5: Fred. singer. Yeah. Brooks. Scott. Oh, not Scott oh. Brooks. Yeah, Scott oh, Brooks, the oh. former
2: coach of the Wizards. Yeah, it was Herb Brooks, right? Was it him? It wasn't Herb coach. Brooks. Yeah. Oh, Rich Brooks. He coached Oregon and Kentucky, right?
5: wasn't Albert Brooks. Okay. It wasn't Armis Brooks. For all you... Me TV fans out there are oh, miss Brooks Aren't many
3: of them out there Vic But We're going with Tai G. We never figured out Brooks real first Randy Brooks
5: It was Randy I call him Professor Brooks Okay It's haiku for you on this Thursday June the 17th Oh yeah My Mama. my, my. Would that my soul could drink the dew upon the lotus flower here at the water's brink. I'm feeling you. Tai
4: Chi. Oh, man, Vic. Yeah, you took us back. You took us back, Vic. Yeah. You I, I wanted back. to just take it back a little bit, get to the essence yeah. of the haiku. Oh, yeah. The lotus flower the water's brink. Come on, Vic. Come on. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, Fred. back Thursday. Yeah, Freddy. Yeah, Feel it in your bones. In your bones, Fred. No, I got it my in my bones.
5: Put that in your goatee and grow it. Thank you, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank you, Kawhi. I just don't want to drink anybody's
5: dew. The dew upon the lotus flower? Are you kidding? It's a like nectar
4: of the gods. Are uh, you telling me, Vic. Vic, what are the... you talking about, Fred? Vic,
3: when's the last Fred. time you went up to a lotus blossom and drank a pint of dew?
5: About a few months ago a few months ago i go up to flowers and inspect them very close i love love you know flower power Fred. flower power no
3: i understand vic but i'm saying you've never gone up to a flower and started drinking it
4: yes I, i'm not the drinking it but I am, I, i'm I, the prickly pear cactus i will, in I will Arizona. if, it has if a there is a beautiful it,
5: moisture right. on the flower i will you know connect i will connect with it
3: yes are you telling me that when there's moisture on the flower, you have licked the flower? Yes or no?
5: I will put my face in the flower for, you know, to smell, the incredible aroma. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like the hummingbird. Have you ever watched the hummingbird when it dips, dips its uh, nose, that long nose, into a flower and comes up with the, um, the dew? Not really the dew, but the um, nectar. What a beautiful sight. Inspiring the hummingbird. I love the hummingbird. Are you guys with me on the hummingbird?
4: Not so oh, much. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, Rodney yeah. gets it. I get it. Love the those wings are like creature. going ten thousand miles an hour. Magnificent creature, the hummingbird, Vic. Unbelievable, Rodney.
5: Fred, we're going to get you into the hummingbird circle of love.
3: Okay, yeah, Fred. What's wrong with you? A killjoy? Come on, Fred. Yeah, I'm not into the hummingbird circle of love. My apologies, Vic. My mistake. Not too late. Oh, well, I guess that's one never way to too
0: look at late. It. It's never too late. <laughs> too late. Exactly right. Stories lighting up the sports headlines.
3: Brought to you by Jacob Imrani, best in town. No question about it. We talk about him because he's our attorney. He ought to be yours. Jacob Imrani.
2: Accident or injury. Call Jacob Imrani. Call Jacob. So, of course, we had the news last hour that Rick Carlisle is out in Dallas. He released a statement saying that he had a couple of in-person conversations with Mark Cuban, and he informed Mark that it was solely his decision that he was deciding to leave the Mavericks as their head coach. He said it'll always be his home, and he's excited about the next chapter of his career. This on the heels, of course, of Donnie Nelson, who's been there for over 20 years, being shown the door earlier this week as well. And this all stems from an issue in the front office, as you mentioned, Fred, with a new analytic guy that has been butting heads with people in the organization, including their star player, Luka Doncic, where rumors have been circulating that Luca is so upset with this guy, it may influence whether or not he wants to stay beyond his uh, contract. Do you remember, and, and maybe you don't, do
3: you remember though, when Don Nelson tried to quit as coach of the Mavericks? His father, Don Nelson? Yeah, remember that? He walked into Mark Cuban, and he goes, I can't take this anymore. I'm done, I'm quitting. And Mark Cuban looked at him and said, if I gotta sit here and watch this S, so do you. You're not quitting. You're not going anywhere. I always remember that, and it makes me laugh. There's problems in the Mavericks front office. I think they hired a company called Sportology to find them a new general manager. And whoever that becomes, obviously, will have a great deal of influence on who the coach will be. But for Rick Carlisle, reading the tea leaves, and Adam mentioned this earlier, Rodney, there's a job open in Boston right now. And Carlisle didn't say, I'm retiring. He said, I'm looking forward to my next chapter.
4: X coaching gig
3: right so I wouldn't be surprised if reading the tea leaves he said uh, you know this is a good time for me to step out yeah let me go and then he ends up in Boston
4: yeah couple couple situations gonna gonna present themselves right obviously New Orleans is there with all that young talent that they got down there um, Washington you, you mentioned Boston Washington's available uh who knows you know Milwaukee may be available yep may be a situation so um it'll be very in, in or did they fill portland yet because that's still there there right portland has not been filled yet no yeah so that's another one too um a lot of opportunities for for rick for rick carlisle yeah it's it's bad we talked about zion and him having power you know and if he's got power you know Lucas has got power and if he's button heads with the analytic guy um that's not going to end well uh, either for the, uh, the analytic guy or the Mavericks organization they better they better figure that out real quick and I one thing as players you you appreciate the analytics but you don't want an analytics guy running the day to right. you day know, decision making right it's well documented I have no love for Rick
5: Carlisle I had a confrontation with Carlisle about oh no s- seven years ago with Lamar Odom you did crazy world of Lamar when he was traded, if you remember, to the Dallas Mavericks. And he wanted to be a Laker for life, did Lamar. And so their first trip back to uh, the downtown Hoop Dojo, I interviewed Lamar as a Dallas Maverick and he was still dazed and confused. You know, not knowing where he was, not comfortable with Dallas, not comfortable with the situation. Of course, Rick Carlisle didn't make it easy for him. So I go on the court, I talk to Rick, I say, Rick, how are you handling a Lamar Odom? He said, just fine. I said, well, you know, you've got to really use uh, kid gloves right now with Lamar because he's uh, under a lot of stress and pressure, you know, being, you know, jolted by this trade to Dallas. So you've got to show a little more mad love for uh, Lamar than you would under normal circumstances. And then he kind of gets in my face, Carl. you know, with that balding head of his. And he says, yo, Vic, is that some kind of zen thing? And I said, yeah, Carlisle, it is some kind of zen thing. You said it
4: like that, bit yeah, Carlisle? Yeah, yeah. I didn't like
5: his attitude whatsoever. Okay, well, it's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. CD on the belly of Rick Carlisle for you.
2: I'll open that CD. He's a pretty prickly guy, so... That, he is prickly. That prickly. That's kind of par for the course, especially if you get on his wrong side. So I, I would understand That's the perfect that.
5: word, K-Fig. He's prickly.
2: I would understand that sort of interaction. Uh, speaking of NBA coaching rumors, there was a report from Yahoo Sports citing multiple sources saying that John Calipari open to jumping back into the NBA. Of course, he's had a great run in Kentucky. Uh, 62 years old, was briefly in the NBA with the Nets, and they were not good, to say the least. I think that's an understatement. But that was... I mean, decades ago, literally. looks like they believe he's maybe maxed out at Kentucky. Of course, won, uh, been to the Final Four, excuse me, uh, four times in his tenure there and possibly getting that itch to try the NBA yet again, Fred. Well, yeah, what it tells me is
3: uh, college basketball isn't what it used to be. I mean, you recruit a kid, you bring him in. He doesn't play, and he's going to transfer, right? So the job is a lot harder now, and you can't build a program. To be fair, what Calipari has done is taking a lot of kids one year and they're gone. It hasn't helped Kentucky. It's actually hurt them. I don't know. What's <laughs> a national title a few times? Won a national well, championship? Well, yeah, but I'm saying in recent years. The guys oh, the last that he two gets. two years? Three years? The guys that he gets lead. And yeah. now, some of those guys will go right to the G League. Or that NBA Development League. There is that, yeah. So, to me, he's probably looking at it and going, I can't have the kind of success I've had in the past. I think he makes $8 million a year at Kentucky. So somebody's going to have to pay him an awful lot of money. And then it'll come down to this. When he goes back to the NBA, we know he can recruit. Can he coach? That's really the question. He can recruit. In the NBA, You got to be able to coach. And maybe he's just exploring those options.
4: Yeah, and sometimes it just runs its course, right? And to your point, Fred, the the college basketball is going in a whole new direction. And, and, you know, the one and done, uh, you know, kind of changed the dynamic. And he was he was at the forefront of that and really adapted to it before anybody else before, you know, the, even the ones that would criticize it, the coach K's of the world, uh, you know, criticized the way they were doing things in Kentucky, but he had success, you know, and I know coach Cal a, a little bit. He has it very, very well and very, very nice in Kentucky. Um, and could probably do it forever. They are not, they're not, uh, stupid and understand what he has done for that program they've given him the world down there and it's one of those places much like uh you know nick saban in alabama football like why would you ever leave that to go to the nfl or anywhere else because you do this for the rest of your life but the dynamics like you said fred of trying to to win year in and year out be consistent when you've got to basically coach a new team every single year right becomes challenging and difficult and when you've done it for a while and Coach Cal has said that, you know, you sometimes as a competitor, you want new challenges, and that may be the case with him.
5: But Calipari thrived in the one and done. He really developed that and, uh, you know, made it an art form yeah. so down in Lexington, now down, down in the wacky bluegrass. I mean, that's why, uh, you know, Coach K is gone. I, I believe the one and done just went uh, directly against, you know, his whole coaching philosophy of education and. You know, at least you know a few years at Duke to you know soak in the college atmosphere. I think that was really you know why Shostakovsky retiring because the, the nature of the beast has changed in college basketball. Kolarov yeah. is a revolutionary, and he thrives in this. Maybe he's just throwing his uh, you know his, his his wacky sombrero out there see what see what sticks.
2: And do you have a sombrero? I, I he yeah. possibly does. Vic. I think he does. Vic. Yeah. Uh, last whichever year- sombrero. Okay. Earlier this year, <laughs> was supposed to be the, this past January was supposed to be the inaugural uh, L.A. Bowl. Uh, that was going to be held at SoFi Stadium, a bowl game during bowl season for college football. But of course, it didn't take place because of uh, the pandemic. Well, we're going to have the L.A. Bowl coming up next January, and it has an official title sponsor. It'll be called the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. And this is not a joke. Jimmy Kimmel himself, uh, the late-night host, is actually bought or signed a multi-year deal uh, with SoFi Stadium to be the title sponsor of the bowl game. I hear that Jimmy uh, just barely beat out Fred Rogan's bid to have it be called the Fred <laughs> Rogan <laughs> L.A. Bowl.
5: Yes, yeah,
3: he beat out my bid. It didn't take much. <laughs> that, yeah, I think that's really cool. I think of all the bowl games, that's the one I think is the coolest now. For Jimmy Kimmel to do that, an L.A. guy, does his show here in L.A., for him to jump on and do that, that that's great, good for him. I don't know what it cost him. I mean, how much going to cost to sponsor the L.A. Bowl?
4: Yeah, and in, in, in a time where sponsors are, you know, far and few between, I think for something new as a startup bowl like the L.A. Bowl, um, great for Jimmy Kimmel stepping up and doing that uh, for them. I'm, I'm sure they're extremely happy. As I said, it probably was tough to kind of find a title sponsor. Who knows what he paid for it? But just think about it. Yeah, he's an L.A. guy. He's got a platform that the bowl itself is going to get tremendous exposure. The players can get tremendous exposure leading up to the bowl, and then the stars of the game will be on the Kimmel show. I mean, it's a a great fit for L.A. It doesn't work anywhere else, but I think L.A., uh, I think it's a great fit. Savvy
5: move by Sofi to hook up Kimmel. Exactly, It'll be, the publicity will be saturated all through the year. He's, he's, he's going to pump up his bowl. Yeah, the Jimmy the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. In fact, I think it's so successful already. I'm hearing rumors that there are negotiations with Tamron Hall that she might uh, host the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Two shows nightly for Cornell.
1: I think
2: that's a Vic and his sources. Uh, December eighteenth, by the way, not January for the L.A. Bowl. That's what's lighting up the headlines.
3: Kevin's been great. Earlier, we wondered if Sean McVay might be on some sort of a seat that's warming up. We'll get into that next with Vinny Bonsignor.
0: Oh. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Rogan and Rodney.
4: You cannot get something for nothing. You've
2: been
3: looking for him. You've been taking good
4: care of him, but he's never there for you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know about this, Fred. No. Let me let me break it down to you, Freddie. What you're hearing is a 1992 studio session recording of Holly Robinson Pete in studio with the one and only Prince. Oh, my God. Yeah. They did did a record together called Holly Don't Care back in 1992. (laughs) And this is it. Never never went further than that, but it's still something for the archives that she uh, recorded with Prince. So, again, on a day that we're celebrating her, getting her... Uh Hollywood star on the Walk of Fame in the class of twenty twenty two. Just had to play a little Holly Don't Care, Freddie. Tell you what Holly Robinson beat in Prince, y'all.
3: All part of the resume that got her there.
4: Yes. Got her that star. Fred, you damn right.
3: There you go. Congratulations again to Holly. That is such an incredible accomplishment. And uh we're all thrilled for her, and I know Rodney, you're
4: extremely proud of her. I am. I am. Am I gonna be able to live with her now, Fred? <laughs> Okay, here comes the star. You could have left that one alone, huh? Yeah, I was going to say,
3: why'd you have to go there? Hey, but I'm not in that house, so good luck to you. Here's the star in his own right. Good friend of ours, our NFL insider, Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, how are you today?
1: I'm doing good, and uh, Rodney, congratulations uh, to to Holly. Uh, Huge fan of 21 Jump Street and everything else that your wife, uh, brilliant wife, uh, has done over her career, but I watched Twenty One Jump Street religiously. That was a fantastic show, and uh, tr- some tremendous talent uh, that was associated with that with that show.
4: Absolutely, thank you, Benny. I Appreciate it. And she listens and and takes all your insight in. She she argues with me when I argue with you,
1: Benny. Just so oh, you know. okay. Well, that's, <laughs> and for whatever that's...
4: reason, she's got your back
1: more than mine. My life <laughs> has been made. I am I'm, I'm fully accredited now, without question. That that means a lot to me.
3: Hey, Vinny, we were talking earlier. Let's get your take on this. We were just talking and and figuring out loud. You know, Sean McVay got what he wanted. He got his guy. I I need help at quarterback. All right, we'll go out and get you that help. And they did. They brought in Matthew Stafford. Is there a point in time where Sean McVay, who has been highly successful here, but is there a point in time where he's got to win a Super Bowl? He's got to win divisions. He's got to get back to the Super Bowl. Or given some time are they going to say you could only get us so far
1: i don't think he's under pressure where the, the type of pressure where you have to win super Bowls or else we're going to show you the door it would have to like be a complete collapse over uh, a period of time before the rams started you know even thinking about anything along those terms obviously you know uh, anytime you're coaching an nfl team you're under pressure you uh, you bring it you make a change like they've made at quarterback with Matthew Stafford, it elevates the expectations. Uh, but the Rams love Sean McVay. I know that he loves Los Angeles and the Rams. I, I can't think of a better coach to coach that team. And if they have to go through some ups and downs from time to time, uh, so be it. But I, don't, I do not believe that winning the Super Bowl is it's, its one of those Super Bowl or bust or Sean McVay has to start looking for another job. He's too highly regarded in that building.
4: Well, certainly not this year right I don't think that's the case this year you got to give a little bit of a pass for a new environment new one year change for Matthew Stafford and those guys working together um, and if they don't get there or they have a subpar season I think they get that pass but I don't know about next year Vinny uh, after year two of, of Stafford being here if they're not you know either right there or close there, there will be some grumbling don't you think
1: yeah. I mean, if they're not right there, yes. If, if they fall short of the playoffs, uh, if they're finished in second place in their division, if they're not making the playoffs, uh, that, that, that's one thing. Um, there has, there would be a reason for that because this team is too good, uh, you know, not to uh, not to be there, not to be in the playoffs these next two years, each and every year. And as long as Matthew Stafford uh, is the quarterback and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are over there on defense. Um, but, you know, we all know that in the playoffs, a fluke play. Look what happened to the New Orleans Saints a couple of years ago against the Rams, the, the way the Rams got to the Super Bowl. There's a lot that plays into it. So the expectations are extremely high. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I don't think that, you know, you would, it, something really bad would have to happen. Like it would have to get really, really bad for it to turn in that direction. Sean McVay, again, is just too highly regarded in that building and across the league, and he would find a job in one second uh, if the Rams were to were to move on from him,
3: uh, Derek Carr said, "Look, if the Raiders traded me, I, I I'd never play again. I'm going to play my entire career here." Okay, we thought, yeah, that that's a nice thing to say, but for the right money, you would play again. Which one is it?
1: Yeah, I think he I think he would if it came to that. I was able to talk to Derek uh, a little bit more after after he said that, and and just to kind of clarify, the original question was, hey, you know, you look around the league and you see. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, you look around the NBA, you see players that are that are wielding their power and dictating their futures. And so the original question is, has that thought ever crossed your mind? And his answer was no. Uh, Number one, hey, I've signed a contract and the way I kind of have grown up and the message that I want to give my kids, my two sons and my daughter. You put your name to something uh you, you honor that commitment even if sometimes you don't feel like the honor is coming back your way and he was clear that when he said I'm, he's extremely happy with the raiders and they've done right by him but he feels i've put my name to this contract i'm honoring it and this is where i want to be and after and when we he and i talked afterwards his message was, look, after everything that we've been through here, and there's been a lot of downs for Derek Carr uh, with the Raiders, uh, a lot of it, a lot of which has been out of his control. There's been dysfunction. There's been various coaching changes. There's been an overhaul in the roster a couple of different times. He says, hey, if I were to ever hoist a trophy, a, a Vince Lombardi trophy, as the quarterback of the Raiders, it just m- makes it that much more special after everything that they've kind of gone through together so I think he was more voicing this is where I want to be I grew up a Raider fan I've I've always wanted to play here I love it here everything's been great um and this is where I want to end up now if you were to get traded or if his contract expires in a couple of years um that's a whole different story I think that you know he's he he, he believes in himself enough he's a competitor. Uh, He still believes he has some value. I think that he would go someplace else and play. I don't think he would just call it uh, quits after that.
4: No, and it just goes to show you how things can be taken out of context because he answered a question, a direct question, and I heard people run with it and turn (laughs) it into, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, is looking at the Raiders. What do you think about that? And, 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 And then they clipped to him saying what he said, and it had nothing to do with the Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, but not but at speak- all. And,
1: and that <laughs> kind go- of bother, that bothers me about, about yeah. my business sometimes. It really does. Cause I was there and then I also talked to him, uh, right after that. So I know exactly what the context was and people ran with it in a different direction. And sometimes you just gotta kind of roll up your fist a little bit in frustration because there's not much you could do about it. But when you see it unfold like that, you're just like, gosh, darn it. Like, are you serious right now? But that's, that's the world we live in, Rodney
4: yeah no no doubt and and speaking of that on on aaron Rodgers' situation um you know he was on joking that and had a a controversial t-shirt as people would say um on 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 a show um can that end well Vinny, this year for them
1: oh man I, i it's it's it gets it seems like it gets even worse every time we come on i visit with you guys Uh, You know, their team president came out and and basically said, you know, hey, this guy could be a handful sometimes, which he can. There's no question. He's he's been that. Um, And and that's part of the reason why he's gotten to where he's gotten. He's got a chip on his shoulder forever. I mean, this is a guy that didn't get a college scholarship out of high school, had to go the JC route, went to Cal. Uh, we all saw what happened in that first round where he had to wait in the green room for hour after hour after hour, all these players getting drafted before him, and that chip on his shoulder kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Then he had to sit behind Brett Favre uh, for a couple of years going through all of that. Um, you know, uh, with everything that was playing out, all the drama with, with Brett Favre. Uh, and, you know, and so so that's that's who he is, and, and 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 it's gotten him pretty darn far. But there there's there's a little bit of a cost with the people that he works with and and even some teammates have come out and, you know, whether it's publicly or, or behind the scenes kind of talking about how difficult it can be sometimes. So there's, there's a, it's a double-edged sword with uh, with with Aaron. It's gotten him far, but there's sometimes uh, a little bit of a price to pay for, you know, when you're working ar- ar- around him. And uh, so I don't know, it's hard for me to believe that he's not going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, but he's just stubborn enough that, it, it, it totally is within the realm of possibility and i think the, the the packers are trying to do everything they can to rectify the situation but it certainly doesn't help when when the team president comes out and says what he says and you got to also understand the packers are a completely different run organization than any organization in professional sports. There's no Mark Davis. There's no Stan Kroenke. uh, There's no Jerry Jones that you kind of go to as a player and talk to um, the Rooneys in Pittsburgh, the Maras in New York, where there's a face of the ownership. Like if you want to supersede the coach, everybody else and just go uh, express whatever feelings you might have, good or bad, there's somebody that you can go to uh, as a player with the Packers. It's kind of nebulous in that regard. So it's not quite the same um and and for whatever reason he's frustrated whatever the um ill will he has toward the general manager or the way the organization is being run um it's it's not going well and it's hard to believe that when we five weeks away from training camp um a month or so you know two months away from the start of the season it's hard to see that that's all going to get rectified in that short period of a time unless they just give him every penny that he wants maybe that's what it is maybe he just wants to see some love that way and for them to give him Everything that he wants in a new contract, but I'm not quite sure the Packers are, are willing to do that either.
3: All right. Well, Vinny, we appreciate you coming on as always, and we appreciate the insight.
1: All right, you guys. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. You too.
3: Uh, Enter now for your chance to win a Chevy Silverado at AM570LA Sports Slash Chevy. Brought to you by the Chevy Silverado, the number one selling full size pickup in California. Okay, we've got a chance for you to win a $500 gift card, 866 987. Oh, yeah. 2570. Rodney, what caller number? Yeah. What caller number? Six. We'll do it
0: six. Rogan and Rodney. Rodney Peet. An athlete. Rodney Peach. A father. Rodney Pete, An L.A. icon. Rodney Pete, And this guy. Red Rogan.
3: <laughs> AM
4: 570, L.A. Sports.
3: Paul and La Habra Father's Day is right around the corner. We have fatherhood prize packs, which include limited edition hats and copies. Of the New York Times best-selling book, Two Kisses for Maddie. movie is based on that. All winners qualify for the grand prize, a $500, a $500 gift card just in time for Father's Day. Dump is Kevin Hart in the heartwarming, funny, and emotional true story, Fatherhood. Directed by Paul Weitz and based on the New York Times bestselling book. Experience one man's journey as he takes on one of the toughest jobs in the world, fatherhood. That's fatherhood. Only on Netflix tomorrow, June 18th. It's funny,
1: and it'll tug at your
3: heartstrings kevin and 40 take Great job today as always Rodney come back to wrap up the week tomorrow Late
4: night down sunset like in the scene what's the worst they can do to a player got me lost in hell to live in town that late Oh bail, my people say the place to be live in town that late